This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Hi, I'm Angela Solomons. I'm the Education Coordinator with Taranaki Community Law, and I am the Law Lady. I'm bringing you the legal information you need to know. Well, it's all. And today we are talking a little bit more about some of the workshops that I attended at the CLCA Hui, which is the Community Law Centre's War Aotearoa, the sort of Hui for our national body. It was very exciting. Uh, and one of the workshops that I attended, which was really fantastic, um, was around supporting trans clients and colleagues. So I thought I would have a little bit of a talk today about some of the things that came out of that workshop and ways in which people can um, do a better job of supporting people who are trans, um, either as clients or as colleagues. Uh, but before we do that, um, just a note about our opening and closing. So we are shutting down over the Christmas period. So Taranaki Community Law, um, our last appointment date in 2023 is Monday the 18th of December. So we will be closed um, to appointments from Tuesday the 19th of December. And we will reopen to appointments on Wednesday the 17th of January. Uh, as well as that, our last dates for our outreaches. Um, our last date for Stratford was the 6th of December, for um, Waitara, Wednesday the 13th of December, and for Hawara, the last date is the 14th of December. Um, when we return, we will return to Hawara on the 18th of January, to Stratford on the 17th of January, and to Waitara on the 24th of January. So um, we do not check our phones over this break. Um, if you have an urgent legal issue over this time, then you need to contact um, another lawyer. There are a few lawyers who continue to operate over the Christmas and New Year period, but a lot of them do close. Uh, if it's an urgent matter and um, say an urgent criminal matter, for example, then you should um, check with the police. They'll have a list of duty solicitors. Um, if you have to go to court, the court, if it's open, will likely also have a list of lawyers who are um, open over that time period if you need urgent help. Otherwise, um, we will return people's calls, um, get all that stuff sorted out when we return on um, the 17th of January. So we won't be responding earlier than that. If you've got a legal problem that um, you think maybe needs some help, it's quite hard for us to um, solve that or to help you solve that at this point in the year, just because a lot of people are starting to stop working and so then there are only so much we can do before that break. Um, but it will still be there in the new year, so you can absolutely give us a call on 0800 529 if something comes up and you would like some legal advice um, in January, we will absolutely be able to make you an appointment when we come back. So as always, the show's only general information and your specific circumstances might be different. Um, if you'd like some specific advice, as I said, you can give us a call, but please do bear in mind that we will be closed over the Christmas and New Year, New Year period. Uh, the information on my show isn't meant to replace individual advice from a lawyer. 
I have some information about this show on our Facebook page and um, you can also follow Taranaki Community Law on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, so do check that out as well if you want to know a little bit more about this or any of my other shows. Okay, this um, presentation that I attended was by uh, Ben and Kate from the Wellington and Hutt Valley Community Law Centre. Um, they were fantastic. Um, if you get the chance to hear either of them uh, talk about this kind of thing, it was, it was really worthwhile. It was great. Um, so I highly recommend them if you are listening. Um, ben and Kate, it was awesome. One of the things that they talked about, well, they talked about a number of things. They talked a little bit about um, the way in which uh, transgender people's experiences are different from those who are not transgender and how these different experiences can lead to poorer outcomes. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the statistics around this, some of the specific problems that um, transgender people face that you may not have been aware of um, and, and some of the ways in which we can provide better support. So just before we do that though it's important to understand so there are two terms that you might hear in this context. One is transgender obviously, um, the other is cisgender. So transgender uh, essentially is where the what your gender identity does not match with the um, way that your body presents. And um, if you are cisgendered, then it means that your gender identity does match. So, um, for example, I am cisgendered, I am a woman, and that matches with what my body looks like. Uh, transgendered people are not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that you identify as sort of the opposite gender. Um, there's a group of people who consider themselves non-binary, which means that they don't identify with either male or female, sorry, masculine or feminine as a gender, um, and so they might consider themselves non-binary. There can be a bunch of different reasons why people might do this. Um, it doesn't really matter why they have made that decision. That's their decision to make. Um, so that is part of that identity in terms of being transgender rather than cisgender. So when you're looking at it in those two slightly different terms, that's what those are about. Um, there's a whole bunch of statistics. There was a um, survey, and I think I talked about this previously in my show when it came out, um, called Counting Ourselves, which is a survey of um, transgender people in New Zealand. The last one was done in 2019. Uh, it is likely that there will be a new one coming out soon, so that's very exciting. When it comes out, I will likely talk about it because... Uh, long-term listeners of my show will know I love talking about reports and surveys and interesting statistical information. So, yeah, but based on the um, previous Counting Ourselves survey and on some work that Statistics New Zealand have done around um, homelessness, uh, there's a whole bunch of information that we can pull out about the experience that transgender people have. And it's not a positive experience, just to be clear. Trans people, um, about 70% want to access gender-affirming care. So gender-affirming care is um, care that helps you with the gender that you identify with. Now, this is not unique to trans people. Um, cisgender people also access gender-affirming care. Uh, it just is acceptable if you ask us to have, you know, 
some kind of care that helps you be more feminine as a woman or more masculine as a man, um, whereas it is not really considered as acceptable if you are trans. Um, importantly, almost 20% of trans people cannot access gender-affirming care, so that's a problem. Um, trans people are much more likely to experience gender-based discrimination and violence than people who are cisgendered um, at about nine times the rate of the general population. So we're looking at pretty significant problems. About one in five trans people will be homeless. And this is really concerning. Um, it goes up to about one in four um, if they are Māori. So one in five generally and one in four for Māori who are transgender. The reason this is concerning is that the younger you first experience homelessness, the more likely you are to then experience it often during the course of your life. Uh, and this is a problem for people who are trans. So that's a really high percentage. So there are real significant issues around housing for trans people that are more significant than they are for other parts of the community. Uh, sexual violence is also very high against trans people. Um, trans people are much more likely to experience material poverty than the general population, so they're much more likely to live in poverty, again, than the general population. These statistics show that this is a real, we have some real problems in our society. We aren't doing a great job of um, ensuring that everybody gets an equal opportunity, that people have the things that they need in order to live a good life. So what are some of the things that we can do about that? Um, there's a couple of different ways in which um, trans people can be supported and some of them can be a little bit specific or sometimes maybe a little bit different than you might have anticipated. So break for our first song and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about some of these ways that you can help support people. Um, and our first song today, um, this is by Moana and the Moor Hunters and it is Awe Maria. Awe Maria e ki ana koe i te keratia awe
Radio 104.4 FM and today we're talking about supporting trans clients and colleagues. I've talked a little bit about some of the statistics that really highlight uh, some of the problems in our society uh, and the way in which some of the structures of our society don't um, respond well to people who are outside quite a narrow idea of gender essentially. So uh, there are some steps that you can take uh, in terms of supporting colleagues who uh, may be trans. It's important to note that uh, this isn't always obvious. So people make choices about whether or not they are out to their colleagues, out to their workplaces, um, or whether or not they choose not to do that. So just because someone doesn't look a particular way, I'm using quotation marks, doesn't necessarily mean um, that they are in fact not trans. It could be that they have chosen uh, not to be out for a variety of really, you know, good reasons looking statistically um, at some of the problems that people face. So having a really strong code of conduct in your workplace, um, being explicit about, um, you know, accountability and what kind of um, policies you have around this, that's all really helpful. Uh, it's important to note that feelings of other colleagues don't trump the right of someone to be safe. Uh, and it's also really important not to make, if somebody is trans and you do something wrong, and I'm actually quite guilty of this, I, I understand the concept of using the right pronouns for somebody, and I genuinely want to do it, and I still really struggle to do so. Um, but it's not their job to reassure me or to tell me that it's okay or to make me feel better about the mistakes that I might make, right? That's that's on me. I need to go and do that work. I need to be more careful in the way in which I speak to people, all of that kind of stuff. So don't put, don't put guilt on the trans person and then make them have to do that kind of emotional heavy lifting of sort of absolving you of your guilt because that's actually your responsibility, not theirs. One of the things to be really careful of is um, having pronouns, say for example in your email signature, um, this is good because it gives people a little bit um, more leeway to put something else in there, um, but it shouldn't be compulsory because if you make it compulsory then somebody again who maybe is not out in your workplace then needs to either out themselves by using pronouns that don't match with um, what their body looks like or what you assumed their gender was, or they then need to continue to misgender themselves in order to kind of fit in. So we don't want to make it worse rather than better by insisting on something that will actually make somebody's life more difficult. So having that option is very helpful, but it's, it's not really a sort of compulsory kind of thing. If you are supporting clients, um, it's important to be accessible. So if you are gathering information around gender, it's really helpful to kind of think, for a start, why? 
When I talk about unconscious bias, this is one of the things I talk about. Do you need that piece of information? And there might be legitimate reasons why you do. Uh, but there might also be just because that's just what you do, right? Like that's what's on the form. So that was what was on the form in the past. That's what's on the form now. Um, so really carefully thinking, is this piece of information actually necessary for the work that we are doing? And if the answer is no, maybe just take it off the form. Like, it doesn't have to be there unless it has some specific purpose. Um, another option is to consider um, what kind of gender um, information you are actually gathering. So and rather than having sort of male, female, or, you know, like a circling kind of thing, um, you could have a space in which people can write in their gender in much the same way with this ethnicity where you have, you know, a few options and then you can specify something else. So that's another option as well. Again, that just helps make things more inclusive, um, makes it easier for people to then make their own choices about what information they share with you and what information they don't. Nobody is under any obligation to share information about their gender identity if they don't want to. Because again, you know, just because somebody is you know, out as trans with one group of people doesn't automatically mean that they should have to tell you that uh, if they are your client. There might be a lot of reasons why they choose not to or why they would want to. So it just kind of depends. Giving people options is always helpful. Other things to think about include where you might have um, specialist women's sessions or women's spaces. This is a really kind of fraught question. Um, one way to look at it is to consider the purpose of these spaces or the purpose of these sessions. If the purpose is, for example, to address something like gendered violence um, or to provide a safe, a safe place for a group of people who have experienced gendered violence, then trans women have in fact experienced a lot of gendered violence and so you would then expect that that space would be open to them as well. This can be quite tricky, right? It can be quite tricky to work through um, and it can be challenging because even if you might think that that is the case, sometimes your other clients might struggle with that. And so it is the kind of discussion you want to have about, you know, what are you doing? What is the purposes of, of your service are you meeting the needs of the people who actually need to access it? Right, we've seen from those statistics, trans um, people have significantly poorer outcomes in a couple of key areas, and part of the problem there, in fact a large part of the problem, is that the services that they try and access are not responsive, are not well set up for people who are trans. So it's not the fact that they're trans that's the problem, it's the fact that the services are not responsive in an appropriate way. So then their ability to access service or to be able to access something is much lower. And this is particularly true around housing as well. Emergency housing is often extremely gendered, so that can create significant problems for people who are trans. For example, example there might be um, an emergency men's shelter, whether that includes trans men as a is a question, and of course, if you were non-binary, how does that work? Um, or, you know, there might be um, housing for uh, women and children. Again, how does that work if you are trans? Can you access it or not? The answer is often or not. So then you can't access that housing support. Um, trans people are much more likely to experience hostility, not just from landlords, but also from other flatmates, um, from people who they are living with, uh, 
this is also an area where if a family was um, not supportive, people who are trans can then end up homeless as a result of that because they're not able to stay with their families living in the gender that they identify with. So all of these can, can um, mean that there are significant problems in housing and can lead to these really um, concerning statistics around homelessness, around not being housed. So there's a whole bunch of things to consider to ensure that we really want to ensure that we are responding appropriately to the people who actually need our support. So break for our second song, and um, when we come back, we'll just wrap this up. Our second song today, um, this is by The Pogues, because um, Shane McGowan, who was the um, lead singer of The Pogues, died recently. So obviously, I'm going to play Fairy Tale of New York. But if you haven't heard any of their other music, you should really um, look it up, because he was a phenomenal songwriter. Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then he sang a song, the rare old mountain dew, I turned my face away. Dreamed about you Got on the lucky one Came in like ten to one I've got a feeling This years for me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time when all our dreams come true. Let's 
me by I put them with my own Can't make it all alone I felt my dreams around you Today we've been talking about how to support um, people who are trans, if they are your clients or your colleagues, and this was a really great workshop that I attended um, at the CLCA HUI, so if you ever get the chance to hear from Kate and Ben from the Wellington Community Law Centre, then that's definitely worth worth a listen around this um, issue. So I just want to highlight one of the things that Taranaki Community Law can do in this space. So I talked in um, June or July about the changes to birth certificates where you can change your gender marker on your birth certificates and that's a new, much easier process than it used to be. Um, So if you want to go back into our archives, you can listen to my show about that. Um, But I just want to highlight that this is something that Taranaki Community Law can help with. So we can provide that support to fill in that statutory declaration uh, if there are additional steps required, so in a couple of situations there can be, then again we can help support a client through that process. So that is something that we can do to um, make that a little bit easier if somebody is having a slightly more difficult time working out how to do that part of the process. We can also obviously help in lots of other situations where people have been discriminated against, including in housing and in employment and essentially in in lots of different areas. So you can always, uh, if you're in Taranaki, come in and see us if you think that somebody has been discriminating against you because of your gender identity. Uh, Just a reminder, we'll be closed from the 19th of December through to the 17th of January 2024. Um, so otherwise, and I will um, talk to you next time. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.